This is La Hart Scoreline on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at La Hart. LaHartsVolkswagen.ie. Just gone three o'clock. It is Scoreline. It's time to do a full review of the Kilkenny Hurling League and Championship. I'm joined in here by Adrian Ronnie Ronan, two time All Ireland winner, and Eddie Scally, the former Blacks and Whites manager who won the Junior Championship last year, current Bagnastown Gales manager. Before I get into it, Eddie has asked me to play this. The problem with Ballyhale is, and, I, and I'll say it, we'll start off with controversy straight away. I think this year could be one year too many for Ballyhale. Really? Um, I think so, yeah. You don't I, say that every year? No. I thought Ballyhale were absolute certainty for the last four years. Okay, um, here we go. Uh, no, <laughs> genuinely did. And, and, I, and I still think Ballyhale are the best hurling team in yeah. the country. I think they're phenomenal. The problem that Ballyhale have now is all the players that are missing that aren't coming back, like... I'll have to flick it open on the phone here in a second to give you all the Joey names. Holden and Colin Fenley are full back and you're full forward. That's They're massive, gone. isn't it? Yeah. But that's 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 a huge loss for them. It might be a step too far this year for Ballyhale unless more of these lads come back and, and, and for me the standout result of the weekend was, was Glenn Moore's victory. But not just that they beat Ballyhale. It was the manner and how they beat Ballyhale. That's going back to the opening round defeat of Shamrocks against Glenmore. Eddie Scally on the Kilkenny Hurling podcast with our own Robbie Dowling. I do want to say, Scally, you did get that right, but you did pick uh, Dixborough to win the championship as well. So, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did at the start. Yeah, no, I thought. Look, in fairness to Dixborough, they 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 they, were, they they came up against Ballyhale. It was one of the games of the championship as well. I'm sure Ronnie agreed with me on that one. It was, and that went right down to the wire as well. Like, I mean. We were there at it. I was sitting behind Ronnie and in the last second of that game there was a penalty awarded to Dixborough and then it was correctly overturned and it was a free but that's how close it was. Um, but, you know, it kind of comes back to Ballyhale just, you know, how good are they? Like, I mean, to get to a county final with the amount of players that they've missed and only be beaten by a point, it's frightening the strength and depth that they have but well, Lachlan Gales were definitely deserved winners. One defeat in the whole year. That's championship winning form. Mm, we'll go through the, the the whole kind of round by round, blow by blow kind of thing. But as I was playing that, Ronnie, you kind of rolled your eyes as well, listening to Scally get it right. Was this uh, a consensus that a lot of people had? Because Pat Hoban said that a lot of pundits, maybe harping onto what you were saying on the Kilkenny Hurling podcast, that were writing them off. And indeed, that he felt that they were justified, especially with that uh, village performance in the semi-finals. Yeah, I think um, most people if not an awful people, including the Belly Hill, they, they might have overachieved based on the numbers they were down. Um, because, as we said, they were down six or seven players from the team one or two years ago. And based on that, they probably overachieved. And if you talk and listen to the Belly Hill people, they probably are aware that they overachieved and, and then nearly could have and should have won it on the final day. So back to Eddie's point and everyone else's point, it was a brilliant achievement out of the Belly Hill players and the Belly Hill management uh, to get to a, a, a county final based on that fact, you know, and you look back, and that's not to take from O'Loughlin's victory or take from O'Loughlin's victory, but uh, you have to give great credit to Ballyhale players that are left there and their management. People forget, you know, you know, any team, if you're down five or six players, that's a third of your team. Yeah. So we must remember, uh, I think in this regard, we will be talking about O'Loughlin's and sure and, and on their great victory, but just to acknowledge the achievement out of Ballyhale Shamrocks based on what they had, I think the management and the players of Ballyhale have to be uh, commended for what they did based on the numbers that were short. We look at, at Shamrocks then, we may as well start uh, from round one, that opening Ross, uh, t- loss to Glenmore, never really then got going, they had a draw with Aaron's own, after that they, they bet your side Greg Ballycallan of course, but they ended up anyway in a relegation uh, semi-final. 
when we were talking to James O'Connor, the former Shamrocks manager, he kind of alluded they don't really take the league seriously or uh, and stuff like that. Eddie, do you think that's to the detriment of them, or am I just being a bit mad? Um, it's definitely not to the detriment of a team that's won five senior hurling titles yeah. in a row. Um, but I actually think comments like that are a little bit off the mark too. It's not that Ballyhill don't. You hear this crap that Ballyhill don't care about the league and they don't worry about the league. They do. But Ronnie question should they even be in the league he's at all he's joking yeah alright yeah, oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, just, just the, the, the problem you have the problem you have and, and Ronnie will probably agree with me on this is Ballyhale have so many players that are involved at inter-county level yeah. they have to be rested like you have to there has to be a chance to, to manage it because Ballyhale's season tends to last about three or four months longer than everybody else's because of runs to Club Ireland finals then factor in say you take TJ Reid Owen Cody Adrian Mullen last year they would have went to an All-Ireland final with Kilkenny followed up by getting to an All-Ireland final with the club and then they come back to play for Kilkenny again almost instantly and what Pat Hoban would have had to do was manage that and that's what ha- has been done in Ballyhale over the last number of years is they've managed that they've said right and Ballyhale can afford to do it they can say right we'll rest a couple of our players early in the league campaign and we'll have them come championship because they have the confidence to say no matter who we face in a relegation semi-final we'll beat them no other club could do that like Ronnie you'd you'd be very nervous if Greg Ballycallan if Eugene Clunan turned around to you and said listen the plan this year is we're going to focus on knockout championship and not worry about the league you'd be kind of saying here hold on a second yeah, we don't want to be in a relegation semi-final <clears throat> that can't happen but the flip side of that Eddie and your point is very valid the flip point of that is when you're coming back from your inter-county season like Ballyhale you know would you take Tullerone for instance five lads on the Kilkenny Hurling panel that they didn't perform like the way they did because they were actually tired a lot of them tired from being involved in Kilkenny some weren't even getting game time they were trying to break onto the Kilkenny panel not to mention the Kilkenny team so you know Tullerone hadn't that luxury they had five great players on the inter-county team but they came back injured, tired and weren't able to carry the group the group wasn't able to carry it Ballyhale were lucky that they were able to carry it and then of course you know when you have that TJ of course you're going to have been in a huge strong position so flip side of that is and like O'Loughlin's Paddy Deegan Mikey Butler and Huey Lawler three of them Heary was injured they got stronger and Conor Heary was one of those guys he wasn't yep. he didn't play in the league and if you notice which we did O'Loughlin's all year only one defeat against the Borough which t- went along with everyone's idea that maybe the Borough Lockton's Tullerone and um, Ballyhale were the strongest teams but Conor Heary coming back into the O'Loughlin's team for the championship made a huge addition to their group up front because they were a little bit shy up front and Heary made a huge difference to them I thought Yeah no and it's it's something as well like and, and it's not just with Shamrock's Ballyhale I spoke to Michael Doyle last week from Tullerhur Ross Birkin I was going to say he was talking about Walter Walsh and he getting the honeymoon and he had three weeks off and he was able to reset himself This is it and not just Wally he had the same idea with some of the younger players that he felt had a lot of run with St. Cairns did a lot of hurling done and he said in the past Tullerher peaked too early they were winning now, and I can vouch for that Tullerher would beat you by 35 points in, in May and you'd hop off them in the championship because they were peaking at the wrong time and, 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 and a lot of Tullerher people would tell you that but they're peaking at the right time this year and their best performance was probably in a county semi-final and they've been increasing the performance level since so I think that's the issue there but Shamrocks are probably the only team in Kilkenny that could actually do what they do you know, there's there's no one else can do it to that level. The morning that the Shamrocks played 
Glenn Moore or any of you might remember this text message going around but there was a message went around anyone that was in Kenny GA circles got the message on their phone and it literally said the following players look like they're going to be missing for Shamrocks on Saturday Dean Mason Joey Holden Joey Cuddy Ronan Corkin Brian Cody Colin Fenley Derek Corker, Niall Shortle Kevin Mullen Darren Mullen Stephen Barron and they all were missing Yeah, and they went and they got beaten by Glenn Moore but that's literally with the exception of maybe three players that's the starting team and I think Richie Reid had a broken finger yeah broker that day but again I suppose we're going back to the belly and who short they have admitted that excuse but look uh, at the end of the day back to your point Eddie about the teams you know O'Loughlin's and the Borough you know the opportunity was there uh, for them when, when, when belly were were down those players and back to your point, Robbie about the or Robbie says I Shane about the league. Ballyhale do try in the league. It just so happens, as Eddie said, they're tired. Some of the players coming back. It's not as if they don't they don't try in the in the, in the league. I have a question for you about the league format. I might ask you just a bit later on. But I, as a James Stevens man, I want to pick up on your point when you were like Tullerone, O'Loughlin, Stixborough, and Shamrocks. You didn't mention the village. The village did well on the league side of things in in some respects. Well. You were at the games. A lot of people don't know. We sit in here, we listen to it, we catch the highlights then when we can, or we catch any of the games that we can when we look back about. Why don't you, why wouldn't you have put the village in after their league performances? Okay, well, um, the village, I think they'll be the first to admit they're down three or four players. They're down, uh, Connor Brown. Connor Brown, yeah. They're down Matthew Root. They're down one or two others that I can't think of top of my head. So the, the village were short two or three key players. For a village team, that's unusual because they did get to a county final last year. Yeah. Um, but uh, the likes of Brown and the likes of um, Matty McQuaid, there was another to Jack McGrath, there was a handful of guys missing for him. They just, as I said, they're going into transition. They have a very good under-19 team coming through. They have a very good minor team. I wouldn't be one bit worried about the village. They'll be grand. They'll be back. They'll, they'll be back. But this year, they were down those few players. Weren't particularly, you know, had an... I go back to the league performance the condensed season it's now six or eight weeks we're talking about peaking if you're down one or two lads and you're injured it can come against you the village got a good run in that league and if you think about it and when it came to it that group that everyone was talking about there was two different groups it turns out that the group that everyone thought was the weak group turned out they were the three teams that got to the quarter semi-finals yeah. so that group that the village got maybe wasn't as particularly strong as we thought so to answer your question in a long way, the village were not as good. It's probably one of the poor village teams in the last 10 years because they were down a certain number of players. However, there have plenty of guys coming, a very good under-20 team tomorrow, a very good minor team winning underage again. The village are just maybe a small bit of transition there. You mentioned village will be back. Will Brian Cody be back? Um, I'm sure Brian Cody is the only person who knows the answer to that. <laughs> um, I couldn't see him not being back or having an involvement. How much of an involvement he'll have? I mean, he's only gone back for one year only as such. He came yeah. out last year, it helped him. But this year he went back in full time. I'd say he knows nothing else, only to be involved. So whether uh, Brian Cody is still involved, I'd say he wouldn't like the manner of the defeat against the Shamrocks. Wouldn't like to have been involved with a team that just didn't turn up in the day, but just didn't seem to have that fight. And uh, I'd say Brian Cody will still be around to make sure that the village guys have a little bit more pride in the jersey. When you look at the format of the league and we talk about, oh, maybe Shamrocks didn't do this or uh, Shamrocks didn't do that, would the league have more emphasis instead of the league final and the Shield finals, which no one really cares about, to be honest with you, uh, the Shield final, even the teams, they'll, they'll probably even admit that themselves with some of the teams they put out. But if you had the relegation semi-finals, that's your position, fifth and sixth, they don't go into a championship. Then you have four, first playing fourth 
on either side of the draw, second playing third, and that's the way it works. Would that give a more emphasis to the league structure? That's the way it happens in Wexford. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you that's know, why Wexford hurdles going so well. Yeah, so um, <laughs> but that so it doesn't work. That's me. that's that's how they do it there. Um, it's very hard to argue with the Kilkenny format when of course thrown out all Ireland winning clubs. Um, three or four last five you know so it is um, the only thing that you would find I think in Wexford the way it works is um, if I'm not mistaken is the two teams that finish bottom of the groups are in a relegation final and the two teams that finish from second from bottom are just finished Yeah, and there was consternation about that this year because I look we say it because it is it Lee Chin's club were knocked out too early for people's liking and they felt that Lee Chin wasn't going to get enough hurling over the winter so now there's a major Row in Wexford about their championship format because it was Lee Chin's club. But if that mm. had been anybody else, it wouldn't have got the headlines. It got. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, it was in the yeah. papers. So, like, just for example, if uh, Shamrocks went into the relegation semi final, won that, and then that was them out of the championship. Like, would that not if, give if them? They were in, if it was the Wexford, yeah, Sky, well, yeah. Well, well, if it was the Wexford one, they wouldn't have a relegation semi final. But what I'm mm. saying is, relegation semi final, you fight for your status, and that gives more room to all the games throughout the league. Yeah, look, look for, for me, if something's broken, you go and fix it. The GEA have an awful tendency to go and break stuff that isn't yeah. that isn't broken. Yeah. The minor championships is, I'm completely dead against this, under 17s, I think it's a joke, it should be under 18s, should be under 21s. But is there not constant complaining about the how league, is, even at inter-county, they, they, they don't seem to have the same type of, like everyone is gearing up for the championship. We talked to Michael Walsh from Dixborough, it's like, yeah. it's all about getting ready for That's the championship. It's, it's always been that way, it's always been this way, it's all about, it's all, it's all about yeah. the championship. That's See, it. with the split season, it's changed, you, you, you can get injured. The old system was very good, where you had two matches in May, one in June, then you got uh, a season back in September. I know it didn't suit others. I'm a fan of the old system. Well, a lot of people see a lot of managers that we were talking to seem to be as well because they're talking about not getting enough rest periods yeah. for players as well. Well, the rest period. But I think if you were a, a club hurler, forget your intercounty hurler, the elite athlete, he's he's hurling with Kenny or in this case. But your club hurler, he's training all spring in the gym. Then he's training all winter, all summer for a six week window. If he pulls a hamstring, gets a broken finger, like Luke Hogan for the Lachlan's. Your year is gone in yeah. six weeks. So I think it's very unfortunate. If you get a yellow card or a, a red card, sorry, a red card. So it's not going to change. We know that. The split season is here to stay, but I'm a fan of the old system. So from that basis, to answer your point about the, the Kilkenny structure, I think outside of three or four teams in the Kilkenny Senior Championship, everyone wants to stay out of the bottom two. Yeah. And unfortunately, the last couple of years, Shamrock's ended in the bottom two. So you were in really hard luck if you were one of the other three teams because you, you assume Shamrocks are going to be in the top four of, in every group so I think the system is very good it works very well because as I said most three quarters of the teams probably all want to stay out of relegation because if you're down there you see the last couple of years the teams that are going up and down and yo-yo and as Eddie often says like it's it's a tough place and the margins are very are very slim you could end up down there just take our own club for instance people are saying oh Bally, Craig Ballycan did well another minute in, in Freshford and we'd have been in a relegation mm. And as good as we thought we were. So we're, the margins are so, as I said, they're so thick. But when you compare it to, say, last season and what you went through last season and then getting wins over Glenmore and Bennis Bridge this season, you know, that must, that has to be considered a success. Well, it, it does, but I mean, because we brought the four young lads in, yeah. um, they've been very good to us. But we know from the structure we have, we knew this was going to happen when we came up. We came up too early from intermediate. We won it, well, I wouldn't say too early, but we won it ahead of our time in the structure of the plant. We knew it was going to be a struggle for four or five years until these lads came. These lads came. Now, we were very fortunate. 
we played a bridge they took us for granted they didn't have Liam Blanchfield and we know what Liam Blanchfield did and when he came back so if you start going down through all the matches individually there's a story to a lot of them and, and we we welcome beating the bridge it, it set up our season but I wonder if Liam Blanchfield had to be on the edge of the square <laughs> and not answering the phone in Australia would we have got a win you know what I mean the, the other thing just on that structure of the championship and I don't think we should keep harping on about it for too long but the only thing I would say is the bit that I don't find fair is that if you finish second from bottom in your group, you play the team that's bottom of the other group, and that's a first round championship match as well. So if I finish third in the group, it is a little bit unfair. I'm playing a team that's going better, mm. if you get me, yeah, in a yeah, first round yeah, knockout game. So perhaps I think them semi finals should be played as a separate thing, and then there should be an open draw or something. That's something that could be looked at because call a spade a spade it can be a soft kill sometimes for a team like the Shamrocks if they're playing the team that's bottom of the other side of the group and 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 it's a yeah. first round championship matches which isn't very fair just on that as well Eddie to be fair and you touched on it Shane the finals the Shield finals and the league final are a, mis- are a mismatch they're serving no purpose to the, either of the clubs because they're all shadow boxing that yeah. weekend so I think that could be looked at in relation to like it's not benefiting the team nobody including anyone in this room remembers who won the league the last couple of years you know what no. I mean and so it's not serving that purpose and I'm not too sure does it suit the team you know when you think what happened the various four teams that went in now okay well Lockton's uh, got to a shield final but like it didn't serve and doesn't serve the purpose when you are shadow boxing so that could be maybe a match or a week a game a week off a week off for those if that's what you want if you want and go off and play a challenge against someone from another county that's your own business but I think it's serving no purpose I don't think um, just before we kind of go on to some of the moments uh, from the championship, I wanted to talk to you a bit about Clara. Obviously, I'm around a lot of Clara lads. I'm involved in Castle Warren Celtic, that kind of stuff. Big disappointment in how they performed in the championship this season. Did you catch many of the games, Eddie? Uh, Clara twice, yeah, with yeah. the Tudor games. Um, I don't know why there's massive disappointment. I think in Clara, sometimes they might be a little bit hard on themselves. Um, they were down. They, they wouldn't have been happy where they finished in the table and the whole lot. But they had an absolutely monumental performance against Mullinavat mm. um, that day. I think you were commentating on that, were you? Yeah, I think they so. Absolutely, they gave Mullinavat an awful hiding. Um, Martin O'Connell, if I'm not mistaken, was the star of the show. Four nineteen to one fifteen. Yeah, like that was a series, and that was when the chips were rightly down. Um, Martin Byrne is in there with Clary. It's only his first year with them. Like he's he's fairly well got as a coach and trainer, and and he seems to get a good tune out with him. So it'll be interesting to see, um, what 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 way that goes with them. But I I I I think maybe I'm wrong, Ronnie. But I think sometimes Clara can be a little bit hard on themselves. Yeah, and I think to be fair, we must acknowledge Clara had a huge tragedy out there in James Nolan, the last one of their stalwarts and you know that affects the morale in the group and within the team and of I course, think yeah. that might have affected Clara but Clara like, again that back to the team that won the championship in 2015 that's back but they have good for young lads coming through as well so I, again I wouldn't be concerned from to have good young lads coming and the spine there the likes of David Langton Sean O'Shea Jack Langton all great club hurlers uh, and inter-county hurlers Liam Ryan and if you think of the great Ballycan again if you go down through the game the split season Leicester Ryan didn't play most of the year they had that unfortunate tragedy Lester Ryan didn't play and Liam Ryan didn't play against us so again when you go back through the games individually and see this split season when you're down one or two players there's only one team that can afford to be down a few players and that's the Shamrocks we've gone through that already but every other team you go down through the teams this year and look at their years 
some have been fortunate with injuries and more haven't and even in the last few years I go back to our own situation we were down three or four lads for the last three years injured we were up eight we gained four minors and we gained four other guys that weren't injured so we for the first time this year we were picking off of 2022 fellas yeah. So I think that you go down through the teams and Leicester and as I said Clara's performance Liam Ryan Leicester Ryan didn't play the last game that's a big chunk gone out of the Clara um, we'll kind of deal with the relegation kind of side of things as well Aaron's own Dan's four going up against each other in a final Dan's four condemned down to the intermediate status um, they found it very difficult is uh, probably nice to say in uh, in the campaign Oh, Dick's, uh, Dane's fourth, yeah. Like, I think maybe on, like, it's an interesting point that Ronnie makes about Greg Bally Callan going up maybe a couple of years too early. Dane's fourth would definitely slot into that range for me as well. I think there's a bit of a gap there. Um, the reliance is still there very much on Paddy Hogan in the goal who had a brilliant chair. Paul Murphy, Richie Hogan. But if you look at the young lads that are coming through for Dane's fourth, Anthony Arlen Wall, um, that young Caseda chap, um, he he was he was excellent as well when he started coming during the year, um. So they've 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 a real Aina Caseda. They've a real strong. Even Daryl O'Neill is young enough as well. I'd say, um, you know. So they, they they're just they just kind of it was a little bit early for them, um, and they they just found the step up from intermediate to senior, very difficult. Like I think the team that's won the intermediate championship this year won't have any difficulties at senior. Thomaston. No, and that's because they've had five years of. Hurt. knocking on the door no but they've had but all them players that got promoted with Thomastown they're a mature team coming up this is it they're all 25-26 and they've got plenty of hardship at intermediate going back to the Danes thing and, and repeating it there's a common team here the more we speak about Danes Fort lost Darrow O'Neill during the year he's an inter-county panellist Richie Hogan was injured at different times during the year yeah. so when you go down through that and strangely Danes Fort got better they actually played so well against Tullerone in one of their last few games they actually we covered the game in, in Callan for 48 minutes in Callan again the Shamrocks not saying they would have beaten the Shamrocks but that eve, that day in Callan Shamrocks management and team were worried and Richie Hogan had a penalty chance that was saved by Dean Mason that went down the field and they got a point it was a four point swing now <clears throat> for a long time for the 10 minutes after half time Dan Sport were in that game back to my point the margins are very tight the numbers moments in the game and if Richie Hogan's goal had to win that day well Shamrocks would have been asked a lot um, in those closing 20 minutes not saying they would have got caught but Dainsford hurled very well that day Well we'll talk about some of the moments uh, coming up as soon lots more chat on the Kilkenny Championship 0833069696 if you want to get in on the discussion You're listening to Scoreline on KCLOR we're going to go across uh, just before we get back into the chat on the Kilkenny Hurlingley. We know that the Roar Interstig lost to Owen Moores. It was 110 to 17. We're now going to go to the Leinster Junior Ladies Football Championship semi final. Clive Lamb is at Gus Aran versus St. Bridge. This must be over now. We're nearly there, Clive. It, it's full time here now, all right. Um, unfortunately, the second half didn't go as planned for St. Bridges. It's uh, full score, full time score here. Here's 213 to 1 3. It wasn't to be the girls' day today. Unfortunate. Oh, thanks very much for Clive for your reports throughout the day. Okay, no problem. Much appreciated. So that's Rory Innesteague and St. Bridges going down, but our hopes are on Aerog, on Dixborough and on Michel tomorrow. The Aerog game is tonight. We're going to have a look back now at some of the games that we got to experience. 47 championship matches that we covered in full. We were at as many games as we could be during the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship, Intermediate and Junior. I asked the, the lads for some of their top picks of the moments of 
of the championship and indeed the league. This was put in there as uh, possibly one of the maybe fifth moments for the lads. This is Shamrocks and James Stevens in the last day of the league. Now here's a free for TJ Reid. He's 14 metres in from the sideline. He's banged between his own 20 metre line and 45. He has no wind in his tail and if he sticks this over the bar it could be the winning point for Ballyhale Shamrocks. Drama, drama, drama at John Locke Park. If it doesn't go over they'll have to get something for it. Here he is. He's going to go for it. TJ, he's a mile from goal the lift the strike it's travelling it's travelling can they keep it in the Shamrocks they've kept it in it's gone out the full ah, time whistle goes and it's finished 5-17 to the Shamrocks 2-26 to James Stevens. Eddie Scally full credit to both teams but the village will be disappointed they let the Shamrocks back in but listen Shamrocks are Shamrocks they're all Ireland champions I did say they'd come with a sting in their tail there's a few wasps around firing stings at the moment they came with 10 stings in their tail ah, look, they put themselves back into the I mean, where the goals are coming from there, Owen Keneally, Evan Sheff and two lads you wouldn't expect to pop up with goals late in the game. But sure, look, it just shows you the class that Ballyhale have. They're never gone there. Owen Cody finishing out that game with two goals and one, two, three, four, five, six points. TJ Reid, like the, the star players all came to the fore there. And even in fairness to the, the, the James Stevens lads, Luke Scanlon, five or, six, five or six points today as well. Owen Kilfoyle, the Whites came back to rule James Stevens there. First 10, 15 minutes of that half there, the three or four bad Whites. 39 minutes of play, well, we had 39 minutes of play, boy. 39 minutes from the start of the second half to the finish Village will be disappointed tomorrow of the story is Eddie they're all still in the championship Scully you sounded a bit hoarse in that one there yeah and I actually had to jump in the car I was only thinking in my head I had to leave that pitch at about a drive at the, 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 whatever the speed limit is to <laughs> <laughs> Carlo we were out in the championship that evening so I'd say if I was hoarse it was because I was shattered yeah yeah well, and also just so you know that match the old mats Ronnie you're working inside the bank mm. so your mats would be far better than mine and the permutations but I was getting so confused with the scoreboard it, like it was 5.19 or 5.17 to 2.26 yeah and then in your head now sitting here I can work it out that it's 32 points mm. each but I remember I said to Brendan and Nodder losing by a point and he was like it's a draw <laughs> and I had the phone out trying to work Calculate. out but it was just a bananas game but like Shatmarks were 10 points down there with 4 minutes to go and came back and drew you were listening in as well, Ronnie, because Greg Bailey Cannon wrote against Aaron Zone. That was a draw game as well, 115 yeah. to 115. We were trying to figure out, all right, who's going to be in the relegation semi final? What's happening there? Ye ended up coming third, is it, in the group? Yeah, uh, fourth, fourth third, in the group. Yeah, third or fourth in the group, I can't remember. But it could have swung yeah, it differently. Swung. And if we had to win and somebody had to get beaten, we could have got to a league final. The, the permutations were that tight. But strangely, and I mentioned this in one of your interviews afterwards, Eddie, like that match that G covered, we, we were obviously playing at the same time. Four weeks later, Ballyhale beaten by beat James Stephen by twenty points. You're trying to understand the league, the championship in four weeks. There was no way Adrian Mullen played that day. That day, no. if I'm not mistaken, Ballyhale were down one or two, and it probably deceived the village guys a little bit going into that semi final because, as we said, what four weeks later they get beaten by twenty points. Yeah, there was no Colin Manley that day either. Yeah, so we're going back to the Mares, and the more we speak and more we reviewing this, we're coming up with one or two players missing the whole time. They're huge losses. The margins are so tight. Well, I've got to go to that semi-final game as well, because Eddie, this was something that you highlighted for yourself as well. I think it was in your top two moments or something like that. What was the goal Adrian Mullen scored? Yes. That TJ, I think, was TJ was the more impressive one, but Adrian scored it because of the pass. It it did everything. TJ's catch, the vision to find Adrian with the pass, what was more impressive even to me was Adrian was back on his own 21, 10 seconds earlier, defending 
and he bolted out of the fence. Any kids watching and you know wanting to learn about the game, Adrian Mullen, his work rate, that, like he th- them goals, you get to see the finished product. But if you're not watching what was going on in the background, you don't mm. get to see it. Adrian Mullen definitely ran a hundred yards to catch that ball from from TJ Reid. But it's it just at every. Do you remember the goal, Ronnie? We do I think? Should we covered it? Um, and we we had seen. I think it was Cole Hamlin's that day, and Adrian Mullen was on the end line uh, moments earlier and ended up at the end of that pass you know so again back to Ed as Eddie rightly said and we've mentioned that day like for any young lad it's what they're doing off the ball I often when we're coaching teams I often say this to teams the stats I think in 2006 this goes back now we're moving off the radar a little bit but Taggy got man the match in 2006 and how and he scored 1-4 how long did he have the ball in his hand less than 30 seconds I'd yeah. say 22 seconds and he scored 1-4 in iron so there's a 70 minute match so for 69 minutes of a game you're doing an awful lot of work and you don't even have the ball so I often tell it's when you don't have the ball it's when you're yeah, that's, where, that's, when, that's where you should be doing the work I, I was going to ask you because I heard the goal just the clip that we're about to play and then I went and I seeked out the goal afterwards and I was watching the highlights of it or whatever and I was impressed with it because everyone had built it up what a pass from TJ. And it's great to get your insight on everything that happened behind it. And I was like, oh, wow, this, that's unbelievable. But to experience that live as it's happening, you know, you and two big staunch hurlemen as well, you must have, like, what What does that feel like for you? Uh, look, it's it, like, you, you know sometimes when something brilliant happens that you're, you're, you're witnessing a bit of greatness. That That's genuine. You do. Like, I was at the All-Ireland Final a couple of years ago when Limerick beat Kilkenny. Obviously, I was shouting for Kilkenny but at the same time you do respect when you see something that's at a different level and I actually think I know James Stevens supporters on the day won't have been happy with the goal but what they will have said leaving was you know that that epitomises the Shamrocks and you, and you do you feel that when you see these things happening in front of your eyes yeah. We'll have a listen back to that there now. As Jeff Stevens come forward, this is to be a score. Keane Kenny, ooh, met with a ferocious shoulder by Dara Mason. It's fair play to the Shamrocks. No legal analyticalities there. Dara Mason met a square on shoulder to shoulder. The ball has been cleared by Paddy Mullen. He won't score from there, but he scored a few minutes ago. Big ball to OTJ comes out, hovers again. Way laid with his shoulder, stays on his feet. The shoulder again from Dermot McCauley. Ball of feet, goal chance. Oh, unbelievable stuff. There's someone going to be in trouble here a hurley went flying but Adrian Mullen has absolutely taken the net out of it and if you're down around town you might find a bit of that he absolutely blasted what a move but what a take from TJ Reid Taggy Fogarty and what a finish from Adrian Mullen there's a village man in trouble because there was a hurl thrown here there's a village man in trouble the referee will have a word of him 110 to 6 they've turned the game on its head in a matter of seconds yeah uh, it was absolutely sublime by TJ he sorted through the air I said like like, uh, it was, uh, like Michael Jordan coming through it caught it but had the vision then took a shoulder had the vision to see Mullen drifted in behind and, and, and a pitch perfect pass to him and buries the back of the net he took one yeah. hell of a shoulder oh he took a big shot after a great great catch you're listening to Scoreline on KCLOR how are you now? It is scoreline. It is our look back on the Kilkenny Championship. As I said, 47 live games covered throughout it of the 139, I believe. But we were bringing you reports from everything else. Two men that helped us out tremendously throughout the campaign are joining me in studio. Former Blacks and Whites manager who won the Junior Championship with Blacks and Whites uh, last year. And uh, Adrian Ronnie Ronnie Ronan, two-time All-Ireland winner. Lads, uh, we're talking a lot about Shamrocks and indeed especially at the start and a lot of the moments that we've picked out have actually involved uh, 
the Shamrocks in it. But I wanted to take you to uh, Bennisbridge and uh, O'Loughlin's Conor Kelly's goal. That was a particular highlight for you, Eddie. It was, because I tell you what it did was, it was, we'd spoken an awful lot about the O'Loughlin Gales half back line and how much they were contributing, right? And mm. that was, everyone's talked about it. But the other thing that people had started to know was the impact off the bench that O'Loughlin Gales were getting. Luke Hogan hadn't got back at this stage. He still didn't come on in that game, but we knew Luke Hogan was coming. And this kid, he got brought on late in the game, came in the melting pot, and I think he was on the field maybe 30 seconds and the ball was in the back of the net. I mean, like there was a one-point game, I think, when he was coming on, or even a level game, and he wasn't on a minute, and the first ball he gets into his hand, and Ronnie will know from coaching teams, I know, I often say it, you'll never win a match on the line, but you'll lose it. And that's always been my ethos. The manager won't win your games, but sometimes you make a change and it makes an impact like that. And there's a, it's a lovely feeling. And I'd say Brian Hogan enjoyed his conflicts after that. He did. And to be fair to Conor Kelly, um, he was coming on, but he wasn't one bit happy to be a sub because that guy is good enough for that team. And that tells you the, the personnel when you look down through the O'Loughlin's team. Conor Kelly had a, a decorated underage career and has just maybe gone off the boil a little bit. And trying to get a bit place on that O'Loughlin team was was difficult for him but the contribution that he made Conor Kelly and you're about to play it obviously was massive in that game And but that's the beauty of O'Loughlin when we analyse it and review it they did have that depth in the panel they did have these three guys to come on Conor Heary Luke Hogan and Conor Kelly and they did it in the final as well Seven minutes remaining of normal time here in UPMC Nolan Park as the ball is cleared by David Fogarty. David Fogarty for O'Loughlin Gales. Danger don't fit. Danger is indeed. Danger indeed. Here's Conor Kelly. He was always a great player. He's just come on. Conor Kelly. Conor Kelly. Oh! Conor Kelly has got the goal. And he was cute because he hopped it in front of Stephen Murphy. And the ball's gone. To, or in front of, uh, in the clear, I should say. And the ball's gone to the back of the net, mixing up my goalkeeper. Not like me, but I did. But I wouldn't mix up Conor Kelly. Yeah, Conor Kelly with the goal. Have you impressed with the forward line of O'Loughlin's uh, this campaign, considering that when we spoke to Paddy Deegan, uh, ahead of All-Ireland Finals, he talked about maybe their lack of firepower up top. When we spoke to Andy Comerford about their loss to the Shamrocks in 2021, he spoke about their firepower up front, but Owen O'Shea, Owen Wall, uh, you know, the, the, the lads seem to have really been able to hit the back of the net quite a bit and contribute a lot this season. They've needed to, uh, because they're not getting enough points. Uh, it's probably the the biggest thing um, like it's well documented that the, the, the O'Loughlin and Gale strength is, is from number one to eight is the real one to nine is that's where they really really are at their best but in saying that um, Omar is after contributing a good few goals into this championship Conor Kelly coming on getting that score I think he went on and got a point after that in the county final Luke Hogan comes on as a sub hits a point Conor came on as a sub into the county final hit a point as well so I tell you what they have O'Loughlin and Gales are a real team there's no in that forwards I know now Mark Bergen had a day in the county final like he really did he, he you know he, he really had a performance in the county final it was it was fantastic Ronnie but I actually think as a unit without having you know like if you look at Shamrocks you pick out Owen Cody or you pick out Adrian Mullen they don't have the individuals in a locking else but they've a really good team and what they had in their armour which everyone forgets and it's always a good thing to have in your armour they had 14 guys that lost the county final two years previously they had yeah. 14 of their team and that hurt in your bag of losing the county final with the I suppose the contribution of or the ambition to beat the Shamrocks with a very good backroom team look at their backroom team you know all stalwarts in in in, in, in all Octons. Um, you know that hurt I think and we I'm sure we'll get to it a, re- a, a very good referee that allowed the game flow other people have other opinions on it but it contributed 
to a back uh, a back a team that was I suppose more defensively challenged I suppose when you think of it Fogarty Paddy Deegan and Jordan and Malay they were coming up to, and getting two points most games as well yeah. as we've seen so look 14 of that team lost the county final two years ago to Ballyhale and that was a, a huge factor for me that hurt of losing the county final to get that opportunity to beat the Shamrocks and I think that drove them on What about Bennis Bridge Eddie uh, where, where, where do they go now um, Bennett's Bridge had a very good year um, like they're beating in a county semi-final if you're Bennett's Bridge you're looking at it now you're beating in a county semi-final I think they lost by four points in the end um, I could be corrected on that there I haven't got scores in front of me but it was, it was, I think it was four points it was Twice again, uh, against the Lachlan Gales but with four minutes to go or five minutes to go Bennett's Bridge are right bang there in that game um, they possibly had one of the hurlers of the year in, in, in Kevin Blanchfield and he came off injured in that game um, which was a massive blow to them and I actually think just before throwing Kieran Brennan dropped out oh, of the he team. did his hamstring out here in Clare we covered that game against Glenmore yeah. so he was never going to play and back here we go again every time every time we review a team every time we review a match there's a moment Kevin Blanchfield was a huge loss to um, to Benesbridge he was their player of the year if not one of the best players for in the championship and he's got rewarded by getting called into the Kenny senior panel and Kieran Brennan again another man decorated at underage level so you go down through Benesbridge that day they lose Kevin Blanchfield no Kieran Brennan we seem to be re- repeating yeah. the same team <laughs> no it is and, uh, do you know what though Shane like you're saying where do Benesbridge go to go nowhere they're uh, Liam Blanchfield's not gone travelling next year he's staying back I believe he's in the Kilkenny panel now so he's going to but be he's gone back to tidy up but he's coming back he's coming which back. is great for Bridge. So, which yeah. is going to be great news for Bridge. so they're they're going to be right there um, they're going to be right there pitching next year they're going to be one of the favourites and, and and rightly so because you know you'd have to put them in the top four teams in the county at the moment after this year's performances Without a doubt, and, and uh, without a doubt, they have to go back and try and find Dan Shanahan and get him back up as well because he's obviously doing great work with him. Tim Dooley, uh, of course, manager there, but uh, again, they've put a lot of work into that. Do they stay? Do they make a change? But Bridge have been consistently knocking on the door, and they're really hurting. When you talk about teams this year, we know the Borough. And we even haven't spoke about them. The Borough were the team of the year. They're coming up, yeah. And they played Shamrocks that day, but and you know probably. You know, outside of the O'Loughlin's but the Borough had to again were one of the best D teams but Bennis Bridge the last couple of years have been very consistent and just when they had a the chance in a county final semi-final to lose Kevin Blanchard and Kieran Brennan I'm going here I'm harping for the country team but a country team can't afford to be losing two or three or better players and expect to win and I think Bennis Bridge will be really hurting because it's very difficult to get back there lads you can all say we get back next year but it is difficult you, you, talk, don't know who's you talked about uh, Liam Blanchfield uh, coming back into the Kilkenny fold. Anybody else that you would have picked up from the championship or indeed the league that you would have assumed Derek Ling is going to have a look at? Uh, Jordan Malloy, David Fogarty. Um, I'm not going to pick a Derek Ling's panel, but well, you can say what you like because he's in New York. So that's right. Yeah, no, this, this, <laughs> if he's not, if he's, I'm sure he's probably tuning in online. Um, but for me, I think um, David Fogarty was probably one of the hurlers of the championship. Yeah. I think he, he, he definitely is someone that should be looking at it there. Jordan Malloy is another one that I definitely um, bring in. And then from Bridge, Kevin Blanchfield was, for me anyway, I'm sure we've been told he's already in there training as well. Seemingly, but again, not this is not to take from Jordan Malloy or David Fogarty. They're excellent players, but you know, you're talking about size here. You're talking about performing against the Limericks. So we just need to be, it's nice to say bring in guys and bring them in, but they need two years of, uh, Mickey Comfort now, which they luckily have. But Fawlty and Malai were excellent for sure. But if you're trying to compare, 
those guys who are very good hurlers and don't get me wrong very good hurlers and have a lot to contribute you're trying to pick a Kilkenny team or a player with a future that has to be able to compete with the Limericks and you know what a Limerick are every one of them are like the Twin Towers they're over six foot like so so point you know when you're trying to move yeah, a player I, I agree you don't want to be bringing in a load of small lads Mikey Butler kind of is already He's, well, he's we had a few freaks of nature the last couple of years. Tommy Welch, Tommy Welch Richie Hogan, Mikey Butler, another freak of nature. Hey, when you're talking about small lads and that kind of stuff, are you literally talking about physically. height or are you talking physically? Because yeah. surely well, if they go into the Kilkenny setup, they should be under some type of strengthening condition. They'll get stronger, but yeah. they won't get taller. <laughs> we don't have that. Uh, I don't know if they're allowed to take growth hormones. But, <laughs> but no, genuinely, because I've no doubt in my mind, I'd say that there's certain counties are taking growth hormones. I've no doubt in my mind they are. Uh, you can't physically all be six foot five, six foot six. It's like uh, used to take them years ago to have a more well-fed calf nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go and talk about Dixborough as well. Um, you know, obviously had a tremendous campaign and. Some people call it one of the best club games of all time. Uh, we're going to listen to the final moments. It is Ballyhale Shamrocks versus Dixborough. Is the last play of the game, surely? It has to be. Gaffney steps up. Gaffney rises. Gaffney strikes. And Gaffney has saved by the Ballyhale men on the end line. And they get the ball. It's, it's all over. over. Oh. It's all over. 14 men of Ballyhale Shamrocks have come good. 120 to 21 points in one of the greatest club hurling matches I've ever witnessed, Ronnie. Without a shadow of a doubt, the best club game that I've ever witnessed. And we've seen some brilliant games. The Borough were immense that decision at the end will haunt him because the referee did give a penalty then changed his mind now that's going to be a huge huge ask there was incidents all through it's a pity it had to end in such a way but the referee's decision did have a big influence in that game all through but the Borough will be hugely disappointed they were wonderful but you can't take from the shot they've been absolutely brilliant with 14 men was that the right call Ronnie? It was the right call. Television highlights uh, proved it afterwards. And then Ferris talked to Mickey Welch afterwards on the day. The only thing, and, and uh, Owen Bean is one of the top referees in Kilkenny, just on that occasion, that moment in the time, maybe he should have just pulled the handbrake and calmed down and go into the uh, umpires first. But as he jogged up, he thought it was a penalty and it did cause confusion so much so that it did upset the borough. Um, and I know you're going to ask me so I better get there before it wasn't one of the best matches club games at that moment in time I thought it was it had everything um, I suppose it might be it's certainly up there one of the best club games I've ever seen because it had everything brilliant hurlers brilliant individuals brilliant um, scores and full of incident and then to finish in such a way you know when the, the penalty wasn't a penalty in a free but look as I said the borough is no good to them they'll be really really disappointed one to have got beaten two not to have contributed to the final stage of the championship and then to really put the icing on the cake from, to see their neighbours across the road wouldn't the championship <laughs> didn't help them so look the borough have a huge amount to offer again of course they have well Ronnie you said the 2021 loss for O'Loughlin's no doubt would have spurred them on in the final Eddie does a quarter final loss like that just disappoint you more so than spur you on for next year? Because of course O'Loughlin's went out to Mullinavat at the quarter final stages last year. So you know, is there is there a yellow brick road in front of Michael Walsh and Co? Uh, it's not so much that there's a yellow brick road in front of them. They'll know how good they are. They'll know how close they were as well. Like I mean, it wasn't just me that was putting them down as favourites to win the championship. Myself and Ronnie, we've seen them three or four times uh, together, and they were playing a brilliant brand of hurling. Um, like I, I, I would go as far as to say it was Shamrock's performance against Dixborough was Shamrock's best performance in the championship and that's what won the game for the Shamrocks was mm. their actual without a doubt best 
64 five minutes of hurling that they put in all year they were down to 14 men for a long period of the game and they put in a monumental performance Dixborough on the other side I actually felt Dixborough that wasn't one of their best performances in the year I actually thought Dixborough they were very good but they were wasteful in front of scores they missed a couple of really key there was key times in the game when they hit a couple of wides things like that and they you know when you lose a game by a point or two these things come back to haunt you you look back at the scoreboard and you say oh we should have done this or we should have done that but for me Dixborough will go into next year's championships very very close to being favourites to win the championship again like they're that close they are right there yeah and again the more we analyse it and review it and you mentioned you know the Bennis Bridge we're talking about how Lachlan's of course champions Shamrock's coming back how many of those guys are that missing out of Shamrock's are going to come back um, if they're coming back you know yeah. they're going to be rare to go again Glenmore had a great year and then you have Thomastown coming up so it's a really exciting championship next year and I know it's just the one is just over but Eddie made a great point there to be fair to the Borough that was the best performance that the Shamrocks played possibly all year in their in their again with 14 men Paddy Munnan was gone off and they lost their shape and you know as we now know O'Loughlin's on the day beat um, uh, Shamrocks in the final but in those last few moments in that game people look back on them to the seed on t- TV Owen Cody had a great opportunity to give a ball to Colin Friendly for a pass the line ball that went the wrong way for them and TJ missing that free they were still there with those few minutes to go we'll have a listen back to the closing moments in a few moments but also after the break I want to ask Eddie considering that you don't think Thomastown are going to go straight back down just like Danes Fort did does that mean Robbie's prediction of Aaron's own going down will eventually come true First for sport, on and off the pitch. Scoreline on KCLOR. With the latest sporting news from Kilkenny, Carlo and around the country. This is Scoreline. KCLOR. Only a few minutes left. We could chat all the rest of the show, but you can get a full rundown on the Kilkenny Hurling podcast. The lads might be courteous enough to bring Ronnie in there someday as well and get his thoughts on things. But I just wanted to ask, Robbie has been pretty... He, he, He's the host of the podcast along with yourself, Eddie, and he's been calling for Aaron's own to go down this season. He created a bit of a rivalry with those out in Castlecomer, just like he did with Mullinavat there the year before. Um, considering what you said about Thomastown and they're going to find it hard to go down, do you think next year will be Aaron's own year? Um, no, I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I don't know. I think the championship is going to be extremely close next year. I think you'll find there'll be one or two teams maybe pull away a little bit when it gets going. I don't think, it's not fair to say Thomastown are going to go up and dominate. I, I said it the other day that I, I could see Thomastown get into a semi-final. It's probably a bold prediction in their first year at senior, but I actually could. I'm going to have to save this clip of him saying it just in case he's right now for next oh, year. Oh no, I'd be saying it all the time anyway. <laughs> so, um, but I, I could see Thomastown because they're that... Uh, mature, uh, to use Ronnie's word. Who's going to get relegated? I don't know. Because I'll tell you why, Shane. All these teams are going to winter. You're going to come back. I'll be able to tell you after a couple of weeks of the championship next year because we'll see who's available to teams and the whole lot. You could find out. Greg Ballycallan lose four or five players. Tommy Rowan had a great year. Ronnie's son. But you lose four or five players from Greg Ballycallan. If you did, I'm not saying you are going to, but if they did, Greg Ballycallan are in massive trouble. If Mullinavat lose four or five players to travelling, they're in big trouble. Anyone could get relegated out of senior grade. And and the rumours are there is clubs under pressure already. There is a number of players and a few clubs being mentioned that are going to be under pressure to, to travelling. So that it's what I've realised in this last hour. There's a common team here. Every match we've discussed, every team we've discussed, there've been one or two key players missing or one or two key decisions that turned the year. The margins are very tight. We've very good teams, but again, it could come down to next August. Yeah. Who's in the country? Yeah, we haven't really got to touch on Tullerone, but we are running out of time, so we have to pick one of the top moments of the championship. It is, of course, from the final. It's Paddy Deegan.
One and a half minutes of that added time to go. We'll be heading for extra time if not. But here come all Aucklands. They're going looking for the winner. The ball centred across field. Paddy Deegan scored in the first half. Paddy has it. There's 400 Shamrocks closing them down. But Paddy lets fly. Paddy Deegan. Has he got the winner? Has he got the winner? Paddy Deegan has stuck it over the bar. He's got it over the bar in all Aucklands lead. 20 points to 19. There's one minute and ten seconds remaining. Taggy. And that was the winning point for all Aucklands to claim their fifth title. Stop Shamrocks claiming a six consecutive title and ended up beating Tullerone's record of 20 titles. They're both still tied. Uh, we mentioned just before you were coming on at three o'clock bit of controversy maybe surrounding that point. Some people saying there was uh, too many steps involved. Um, there's a bit of complaining about the ref. Well, I know when you live online or you're looking at that stuff online, that's part and parcel of the thing. What did you make of it, Eddie? Um... Look, at the time, I just thought it was a brilliant score. I thought Paddy did really well. He had showed he had massive, massive balls to take that on. Um, you know, because he was falling, he was right out on the touchline. Great score. It really was. Watched it back since. Probably had a handful of steps more than, you know, probably the... Allowed. Yeah, but if you were to blow for every person to take six steps in a hurling match, we'd, the game would stop every ten seconds. Like So I, I've no issue with score. Yeah, I don't think we should be talking about the steps or the referee. The game was a class county final. Both mm. teams uh, gave the referee on, on both sides there was mistakes made. That's what referees are... Human. That's what happens, And yeah. I, don't think it's, I think it's completely unfair that anyone could suggest maybe he did take steps, which was really rightly said. That's going on in every game. It was fitting to win a county final. It was fitting the guy that got it and a, a brilliant, brilliant score. And, you know, as you rightly said, there's people online talking about the referees, all these keyboard warriors that won't put their name to anything. But yet, they're able to make the big decisions and they're needing, some of them are even at the games. Yeah. And I think Peter Burke uh, is a great referee, From in my opinion. He lets the game flow. You want a referee that doesn't blow the whistle too often. I know that people say, it has to be this within the rules and within the rules and it's suited. Look, Ballyhale have won many a final by one point. And, I'm not, and I have great friends in Ballyhale just so happened they lost this one by one point you know, yeah. turned it, or two in this case um, they probably know. didn't have any complaints anyway no, they didn't in general they didn't hurl particularly you're talking about Eddie mentioned the complete performance was against Dixborough they didn't hurl that well and as I said there was a few key decisions that line ball near the end that TJ's missed free and that passed to own Cody look it should nah. be, we should be complimenting Ole Ockton and, and a wonderful win well we're coming up to the end of this we're going to be talking to Noel Doherty who guided uh, Thomas Town uh, to the senior status but before that lads I want to thank you very much for coming in contributing to the show today giving us an insight on the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship I want to ask you though because the journey isn't over for Ole Ockton Gales they're going up against the Carlow County Champions Mount Leinster Rangers it's a match that we're looking forward to in here on KCLR we love when the two counties clash You've seen Mount Leicester Rangers up close and personal, being the Bagnastown Gales manager, Eddie. What way do you see that going? Um, I think, I think, I think Ollockton Gales will win. Um, simple as. I think they're a very, very strong team, and uh, I'd be surprised. It's like it's the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Champions coming up against the Carlow Senior Hurling Champions. I'd fancy Kilkenny to beat Carlow, and I'm going to obviously back to Kilkenny Senior Hurling Champions to beat the Carlow Hurling Champions. I'd what about yourself, Ron? Yeah, I'd go along with Eddie. There's no disrespect to Mount Leinster Rangers, but um, Ollockton's are a very good team this time of year and must remember the window now to win a club all Ireland is a lot shorter you don't have to get out to Patrick's Day I think that's going to suit all Auckland's. now to be joined by the man who witnessed his side claim their fifth county championship what a day it was for all Auckland Gales we're joined of course on the phone now by Brian Hogan Brian how are you sir? Good Shane good and yourself? Has the celebrations uh, died down or anything as of yet? Yeah yeah they're <laughs> 
They're um, they've died down now. They are midweek, and we're back to uh, back to normality. Yeah, obviously, Brian, uh, it was such an, a phenomenal achievement to to when that final whistle went because it's such a tight game, especially. And you probably you definitely didn't have any time until the final whistle to kind of know whether you were going to win or not. What was that? Um, emotion immediately afterwards was it a sense of relief just overcome with joy could you give us a bit of an insight into that um yeah joy it was uh, a combination of everything um relief um just satisfaction um the lads the way they applied themselves we'd spoken about it all week and how we wanted to do things and i felt we did an awful lot right um the context of what we've spoken about so so yeah it was just just uh i suppose a joy you know uh, that was the, the, the main emotion when you're looking back over the, the the game in itself obviously there's so many different moments that lead up to that and make moments like that happen can you think about back on anything specific whether it be in a game or in in, in training or anything that you kind of got a sense going actually this could be our year this year um, I suppose all all year we were we we've been trying to build um, build the lads, build the momentum, and just in terms of what we're trying to to do as a team. And you could see the lads were were improving as the year went on. There was, mm. there was, we've had plenty of tests during the year, and that's that's what we were looking to do. As well was even in challenge matches, and that was to get different opposition who would pose different challenges and. Get the lads to try and figure it out. Even the the Mullabat match down in Hamilton, you know the the conditions. That was that was a huge test and a, and a very different, different test to mm. maybe you know what they faced in the park and against the bridge, and then obviously the test in the in the, in the final. And, and and we would have said to the lads, they had they had all the answers. It's just a matter of figuring it out on the day, figuring it out in front, play what's in front of them. And to be fair to them, in the, in the different matches, they they, they they found the answers, you know. And that that one of match was a huge match for us. I was coming in the back in last year in the appointment. The conditions, um, the manner in terms of you know going in seven points down at one point in the first half, and the way they responded, they didn't panic. Got those two points in before half time, which were crucial. So we did a half time five points down, and and again we spoke about at half time about. Not panicking, no, no. Um, I suppose feeling sorry for ourselves, and um, this is how it's going to go. And that is exactly how it happened in the second half. And even with the soccer points for the goal, they still went at it again. And uh, you know, we took a huge amount of that, and we built on it against the bridge. And I, I look, I have huge belief in, in in this group of players and what they're capable of. And I suppose that was the message all year was. Was that we just wanted them to go and express themselves and hurl with a with a freedom that they can, you know. And um, I suppose the week before the Valhalla match, we had a session in the club with a with a good with a big session on the Sunday morning and uh, kind of an A versus B team if you want. And it was a real bite to it. And you know, we we knew kind of coming out after that, we were delighted with it as a management team that. We knew the lads were ready. They were on the right note. You know, there's no guarantee that you'll win the match, but we knew we knew the lads were right. We knew they were they were ready for it. So, you know, that I suppose that itself was was 
was was was great and led to a huge sense of confidence going down to the park then last Sunday. Brian, you alluded to the fact maybe that in the championship, the quarter-final against Mullinavat, then obviously that semi-final win over Bennett's Bridge, and everybody will remember the final from last weekend against the Shamrocks. The fact that all of those games were so tight, and in all of those games, not only were they tight, you were kind of trailing at one point, or certainly had to come over um, adversity and hurdles on your way to victory. Do you think as the championship went on, not just the victories themselves, but the manner of those victories and how much character and personality you had to show stood to you? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I suppose having spoken to the lads during the year about about that kind of freedom to go and play what's in front of them, we also want them to bring their own character, their own personalities to it. You know, and, and, and you could see that in those games, you know, at different stages, different individuals stood up and, and made important plays. And, um yeah, like, I suppose everyone wants to go out and uh, everyone aspires to go out and play this uh, lovely free-flowing open game, high score, and and and, uh, and win by, you know, 10 or 12 points. But that doesn't happen in championship hurling. And particularly Kilkenny, the margins are so tight. There's very little between the teams in general. So generally speaking, it does come down to, to you know, fine margins and, and, and that. And... Equally, you know, all those three matches we played in the quarterfinal, semi-final, final were, were all tight, but all different in their own way. But as we said, the lads, they found the answers, you know, and we had, I suppose, we had the the weapons to, to get over those games, and, and, and that's how it transpired. Brian, when you're saying that, you're allowing, say, the team to find their own style or, you know, kind of play to their own personal strengths on certain occasions. Does that ever kind of backfire? And does that ever make you second guess yourself when you're up against it then? If you allow lads to have a bit of creativity, a bit of flair, and you're standing on the sideline and that particular passage didn't work out, you know, you have to be fairly convinced in your own head that eventually things will turn out right. Yeah, like, it's not that we're letting them go out and hurl away with complete, you know, uh, as individuals. Yeah. Like, as a team, they understand how we want to play and how we want to use the ball. But ultimately, I mean, when they, they cross the white line and they go out, different teams set up in different ways. And obviously, we will have spoken about it beforehand in terms of what we think will happen. But the guys have to play what's in front of them. And, 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 they, and, and in each play... You know, as it develops, you know, you have to hurt what's in front of you. There's no point if we're saying, well, we want to go direct, and you go direct the whole time, and there's guys 30 yards away from you in space. You have to understand where the space is and, and use it. Sometimes that's around the middle of the pitch. Sometimes that's on the inside line. You know, sometimes you can use your wing backs. They're not getting picked up. And the lads are intelligent enough players that, and they have the skills to execute it as well as that they don't they don't panic if understanding where the space is because it has to be there somewhere and and you know and, and and using the ball well you know giving the ball to the man in the best position and and within that you know that the freedom is, is there for them to make those decisions and but at the same time we understand how we want to play many given day in terms of using the ball and that so 
you know, you are trusted players, but I mean, like they're all experienced and they have there's a huge skill set there within within the team. And you know, I suppose there's lots of talk around the two boys at the wing back. But you know, we 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 said to them like the two the two of them are or three of them they're, they're well capable of shooting from distance as it's shown. So there's no there's no fear there's no restriction you know if if, if they have they have that freedom that if, if the time is right then go forward and take your chance you know and look absolutely there will be times where the wrong decisions made or mistakes are made but that that happens in every game you know there's never there's no such thing as a perfect game and if there's a freedom to to make those mistakes and not and not I suppose not linger on them. Brian, I know you were speaking in the aftermath of last weekend's um, win over the Shamrocks and you had mentioned maybe that uh, you had actually got the role as manager of O'Loughlin's by, by accident. Could you give ourselves and our listeners a little bit of insight into how you actually uh, became manager at the start of the year? Because I believe you were on the selection committee, if I'm not mistaken. I was, yeah. So I was on the selection committee a couple of years ago um, that appointed Andy and the lads. And... Um, I you know, was asked then would I sit on it again and they said fine um, I, I have been involved in the underage for a couple of years but stepped back because I was doing a master uh, and had enough going on and <laughs> between I suppose different things my name appeared on, on one of the lists um, and I was actually in Canada for work and I opened up an email from the executive and I see my name on it, and I was like, "What's going on here?" They had had a meeting during the week, and I texted Eddie Buckley and said, "Eddie, I'll give you a shout in a couple of hours when you're awake." So he assured me there was nothing, nothing to be concerned about. That they were just spitballing different names and options and whatever else. And I said, "Okay, fine." But you know my situation. I don't have. I, I I'm caught. You know I'm caught with the masters and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So he's like, "No, that's totally fine." But Anyway, they were telling me what I wanted to hear at the time. And things moved on. I suppose we had a few conversations. We said, "Look, we can make it work." I I said, "Okay, but I need to get the right lads around me to help me um, do some heavy lifting." Obviously, um, and you know, in fairness, the lads I approached, you know, obviously Nigel was 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 first on the list there in terms of the coaching side of it, and and then Anne O'Brien, Alan Gagan. Two lads I would have heard of it and great club men and, and good hurling men and and then obviously Mickey and Naya on the S and C side and the way we structured it I suppose was we there were kind of teams rather than individuals so there was no one person left on their own trying to look after S and C or coaching or whatever it was very much teams and then I suppose it just kind of was the it was the kind of the the manager if you like on top of that so yeah it actually worked out well. Um, it's been really enjoyable, obviously enough, particularly the way the year has finished. But, but yeah, look, it, 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 I suppose that's the way it, it, it panned out, and I, ultimately the club is, is is a huge part of my life. And when people like Johnny Hoolan and Eddie Buckley and Brian Murphy, who have been very good to me over the years, they all had kind of put it to me that you know the club could do it. Someone was coming, you know, giving a hand, putting her hand up, and it's very hard to say no to them. 
Yeah, it sounded uh, like we were talking to Johnny. He sounds like a very convincing man <laughs> as well. Um, Brian, I don't want to take up too much of your time as well, but I do have to ask you, obviously the year isn't finished as of yet. You have a, a big task coming up against the Carlow County champions. Of course, that's Mount Leinster Rangers. You know, after such massive celebrations, whereas Mount Leinster Rangers are probably, you know, it's been a long time since they played their county final. You know, you're going to have to have all the joy and elation and then get right back into work. How have you been managing that? Yeah, that's that's a challenge. Um, but every every time we go out or every round we've gone out so far, there's been a different test or a different challenge put in front of us. And this obviously is a, is, a, is a different one in terms of the coming down off the elation of the county final and the high um, and refocusing on the challenge in front of us, which is Huge, you know, Mount Leinster are, are, are very experienced at, the, at this stage in the competition. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's about yeah, it's about getting the lads, I suppose, ready mentally, um, and obviously physically getting the, I suppose, get, getting the systems flushed out and uh, and getting them moving again. So, yeah, we met we met met on the Wednesday night, the, the huge amount, and then we met Wednesday and this morning. So. Um, listen, that's 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 the that's the ask. You know, I, it's a great problem to have. You know, uh, to be looking into the Leinster Club Championship. Um, many club would love to be in this position, so there's a responsibility on the lads now. And as all, I suppose we're representing Kilkenny to go and, and do ourselves and do the, cha- the club championship here justice. You know, um, but we're well aware of the challenge and facing. So. Well, Brian, it's uh, been a pleasure speaking to you. No doubt we'll probably try and catch you again before the final or before the game against Mountain Leinster Rangers. We'll be speaking to both sides, but we're looking forward to a big clash. Yeah, thanks a million. Uh, it's always a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, yeah, look, we'll, we'll chat again, hopefully. Thanks very much. Uh, Brian Hogan, the manager of O'Loughlin Gale. Sir, while he was here, I may as well play this. One and a half minutes of that added time to go. We'll be heading for extra time if not. But here come O'Loughlin's. They're going looking for the winner. The ball centred across field. Paddy Deegan scored in the first half. Paddy has it. There's 400 Shamrocks closing them down, but Paddy lets fly. Paddy Deegan, has he got the winner? Has he got the winner? Paddy Deegan has stuck it over the bar. He's got it over the bar in O'Loughlin's lead. 20 points to 19. There's one minute and 10 now Sunday October 22nd was a very special day for everybody involved with Thomastown GAA Club as they ended their way to win the Intermediate County Championship and promote to Senior. Of course it was a brilliant defeat of Moonkine in that final led by their manager Noel Doherty and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by Noel now. Noel, um, congratulations on the victory on Sunday. Um, how are you first of all after uh, what I presume has been a whirlwind week? Yeah, um, thanks for having me, Robbie. Yeah, it, it has been. You know, you you you'd be on a high after such a, you know, such an event. Um, so just just still still delighted, still over the moon. Obviously delighted with the results, um, but absolutely delighted for the players involved. It's been a long time coming. There's been a lot of heartache there, and uh, also for the management that uh, that's been involved with me over the over the last year or two. So yeah, just just overall very very pleased with everything. Yeah. I suppose to get straight to the point, Noel, what was that initial feeling like when the referee blew his final whistle and you'd realised that kind of a year's work or even a longer period of work had finally come to fruition and he had won that county championship? 
Yeah, I suppose initially just just sheer delight, you know. Um, and I suppose like there was mixed emotions there. You know, you're 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 delighted, um, but you're also relieved, you know, because um, you know these finals, you know, they can uh, like all these championship games, but they can be really pressurised environments, you know. And there's a bit of baggage there as well as as been as has been well documented, you know. Um, so that can that can add to that pressure. And yeah, just just so happy that we were able to, you know. I suppose cope under those pressures and stay on point, and I, I believe that was a key factor to our success. You know, yeah, the performance itself, Noel, in the final. Because I remember you touched on it with me before the game, and then uh, even in more detail in the aftermath. Kind of that maybe we have seen in the past with so many teams in different sports. The fact that finals maybe can become a bit overwhelming, but to put in a similar performance that you had throughout the league and championship, that must have brought with a great satisfaction as well. Yeah, super. For me, it was one of the most pleasing aspects of 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 the overall the campaign. If you like uh, every championship match, you know we really focused in on us and we gave each match the, the respect to each team, the respect that they deserved. And we were very focused going into it. Uh, we were very calm, very controlled. As I've, as I said, you know these can be very chaotic uh, experiences, you know, in the sport. But it's I suppose it's been having that ability I suppose to be kind of comfortable in that chaos and that's something that we would have spoke about during the year and worked on like, like any other you know skill of the game it is a skill uh, needs to be worked on and uh, yeah but yeah look overall it, it keeps coming back to the players it's the players and you know they, they, they're they the ones that did it on the day they're the ones who, who were able to cope with those pressures and they looked very cool, very calm, very composed. They kept their shape. Um, yeah, so look, yeah, just, just, just delighted that they were able to deal with all those distractions, if you like, and, and just stay focused on the job. And the actual game itself, Noel, it, it kind of felt like for a large spell in that first half that you had a six, seven, eight point lead, and it wasn't really being extended. And Moonkind weren't eat, eating into it too much. But as long as it was kind of a two-three score game, it was always going to be kind of nip and tuck as the second half approached. But then, just before half time, your captain, of course, Stephen Gonley, with it, with an absolutely crucial goal, he won man of the match in the end. But how important was that goal just before the break to kind of settle the nerves again and realise that you had not complete command and control but certainly close to it yeah it was huge it was a significant moment obviously yeah I remember vividly now the ball going back in I think it was Moonclimber on the attack and yeah our defence just very very composed again um, and they, they they snuffed out a, a chance at one end for Moonclimber and we worked it out and we done a very good delivery in I think it was between John Joe and Brian Stone delivered it into the corner, Jack Holden, you know, turn provider, put it across the square to Stephen Donnelly running in. And, you know, we had support runners outside Stephen as well, Luke and Ellen, but uh, Stephen was on fire, uh, took the ball and there was there was going to be no other result when he got in in front of goal. So, uh, yeah, big, big moment. Um, you know, it would have been a big score for Moonkine at the other end. I think it would have brought it to maybe five points. And, yeah, look, I've said commiserations, obviously, to Moonkind. They were there on merit. They 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 were in super form. You know, uh, dispatched of of most people's favourites in the in the semi final is Downey. Um, you know, they'll they'll be disappointed uh, with 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 their performance. I suppose on the final, um, they could have been closer to us. And as you know, Robbie, looking at sport over the years, you know, a six point lead can turn on a sixpence. And 
yeah, for me, I, I just, yeah, we just, we had a job to do. We kept focused and we kept just trying to turn the screw and, uh, you know, stick to our game plan. And, um, yeah, just delighted that the boys were able to do that, yeah. And Noel, just on the the year itself, because obviously it's been capped off by a county final win, and whatever comes before that is, in some ways, an irrelevance as long as you get that one over the line. But looking back on the season that began at the start of August, I mean, ten games, ten wins, obviously winning the league title again this year, and then going on uh, into the championship as well, or um, nine games rather, I think, and, and nine wins. Like to provide that level of consistency, not just in results but in performance, is something that's very difficult to do. You look at Junior and Saint. Lacton's won the league they didn't win the county title likewise in senior uh, Dixborough won the league and, and haven't gone on to win a county title like you, that must have been incredibly rewarding as well as a manager to see your team week in week out provide performances and results of that standard for sure yeah um, and we played some you know we, we, we had some quality oppositions there earlier in the in the summer and uh, got to play the village in Dixborough and those, those games really stood to us um Tuller own as well, yeah. So like, um, yeah, to keep that level was was hugely, hugely satisfying. I mean, the group itself. There's a fantastic group down there. Their 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 attitudes is on point. You know, they've put in a huge effort all year, um, and they knew there was a great opportunity here. You know, and they stayed focused. And I put it down. There's there's huge leaders on that field, and. You know, the likes of John Donnelly springs to mind here now. John is fantastic. Obviously, he's involved at Kilkenny, but John would be one of the, he'd be one of the, I suppose, uh, highest attendants uh, for the team. Um, he's always down there helping out in some capacity, pucking out balls or whatever. He's a great lad, a genuine guy. He leads by example, doesn't speak a whole lot, one of these guys, but when he does speak, the boys listen. But um, great to have characters like that, you know, Jay Burke, John Joe Farrell, you know, uh, Robbie Donnelly Tucker and, and now we've got new leaders stepping up you know um, they've came of age obviously Stephen Donnelly fantastic year fantastic league you know had a bit of an injury during the uh, start of the league championship uh, but came back in great form for the semi-final and final and you know Eddie Donnelly centre half um, you know you know just, just really able to adapt and play the modern game Ned Kerwin old school cornerback the Canellans you know uh, so look yeah I suppose Robbie, in short, it's down to the players, it's down to the the leaders, it's down to they saw the opportunity and to be fair to them, they seized it. And Noel, of course, look, I, I know you would have maybe been, uh, like everybody in Thomastown, a bit coy on the fact that you had lost in the latter stage of the championship ahead of the game, but uh, I'm not sure if this kind of puts you in a position to open up on it a bit more. D- did you use that heartache and maybe the pain that was there from recent years to get this one over the line? Because uh, I know, obviously, at those, those years it would have been incredibly difficult to cope with that defeat, but did it make it all the more sweeter once you did uh, the final whistle did go on Sunday? Look, it definitely made it all the more sweeter. Um, I think, you know, in, in, in sport in general, you know, that you lose an awful lot more than you win. And when you do win, then it makes it really sweet. It kind of, yeah, you, you realise what it's all about and why you've been putting in the effort. And, and, and you know, some teams get that, some teams don't. We, we've been in a great, we've been fortunate that we've been in those positions. Um, it was last year, for us, yeah, look, I'm on record saying that I still believe that we overachieved last year. We sustained some serious injuries and a credit to the players on the panel that stood up um, and, and filled those jerseys last year and got to a county final and went extra time and, you know, only lost by a puck of a ball. There was only two points in it. Um, 
the heartache of the previous years, yeah, that's that's deep down. That drives the players, but it's for me, it wasn't something I focused on. You know, I mean, um, I think for myself, for the management team, we focused on what's in front of us and our game and how we were playing and our process and you know the teams we were playing and you know trying to get our matchups right and you know it just. There's never any guarantees, and a lot there's a lot of pressure coming into this game. But as we were saying to the guys, it's not your turn. You know, you don't deserve. Yeah, you might deserve it. But there's no one going to stand out of the way and give it to you. You've got to go and earn it, and that's what they did. They they stood up and and they earned it. Now you have a Leinster Championship campaign to look forward to, of course, on Saturday, November 11th, to your face in Wexford side, Clubon. I think it's down currently as a two o'clock thrown with a venue yet to be confirmed, but uh, has your mind or your eyes even uh, kind of uh, cast forward that far yet, or have you been able to look forward to that, or has it just been purely a week of celebration? If so, I I think most people would agree that uh, that would only be right. Yeah, I suppose, look, we we were fortunate that there was a three-week break, um... Which which gave us an opportunity to to enjoy it, you know, and um, players certainly enjoyed it. As well as the management team, we're already you know looking ahead and having a trying to get as much information as we can on these guys because it's uh, you know going into the unknown here. But um, yeah, have have we're looking ahead. We've started to work on what the opposition are capable of bringing to the table. You know, the 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 quality of the opposition is going to improve from here on in. We're under no illusions there, uh, but these are a focused group of players. And from talking to them, you know, it's it's very apparent that they want this. They want uh, they want to go strong. They're going to get refocused now after the weekend um, with, with our targets in sight of you know Leinster and who knows after that. You know, but, uh, we we will be giving this one hell of a lash. That's an interesting point that you make because we speak to a lot of managers and players of course that have won county titles and then go into uh, Leinster Championships whether it be in football, hurling, whatever it may be and they, sometimes they mention the fact that they've achieved their ultimate goal and that kind of it feels like bonus territory. Is that the case for you or is it just new competition, fresh mindset and let's attack this? Um, yeah, that's a good question and I suppose my experience uh, there would be at, at, I was fortunate enough with my own club Galmai in 2004 to win a county title um, uh, a junior county title we actually defeated Thomastown on the day and we went on in 2005 to lift the first you know, Leinster and All-Ireland uh, uh, trophy that year so for me, it was a whole other journey, but it was so rewarding. And looking back now, it was, we had such good, you know, the the, the journey was, it, it was just a super journey. And for me, yeah, the guys need to need to go at this and it'll be a good stepping stone to prepare for what's ahead next year. But um, no, I, I'd say, Robbie, we're not finished yet. I hope we're not. And I think the players are focused in that they don't want to let this opportunity go either. Well Noel we're certainly looking forward to it here at KCLR but before all of that congratulations on the Intermediate County title win and I'm sure we'll be chatting to you very very soon again Excellent Robbie, thanks again